Craft Beer Radio, episode 295, on July 15th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our 295th episode, The Adventure Continues, as we do mostly with beers and something else. How are you doing this evening, Greg? Oh, I'm I'm feeling like a hero. The hero of time, perhaps. You should save the princess. We will save the princess. That's the next goal of the show. After 303, 301, I think. 307, definitely. That's the next uh, major milestone. Anyway, on to the beers. All right. We are starting with, we're doing whip beers, like we said, and we'll start with the one you can most like, you're most likely to find no matter where you are. That is Blue Moon Belgian Wit. This is the canned version, as you can hear. This is uh, brought to you by... By me? By Jeff, but I mean, it's brought to you by the uh, the Blue Moon Brewing Company, which is a division of Coors, out of Golden, Colorado. They actually have, and we were there for their their uh, their Sandlot, which mm-hmm. where they do experiments. And man, they make some good stuff there. I think we had we did their Thai one. Oh, right, right. Which is really delicious. Tongue, well, yeah, we did the tongue tied. Yeah. Remember we did we did that one that was actually a blue moon, that crimson crossing or whatever. Yeah. I think the tongue tied was also a blue moon. They yeah. it, it was they make some really good beer. Now, I'm not going to say they make beer that has made us say, Oh my god. But it's rare mm-hmm. that a beer does that these days anyway. And I I can't say that they don't they don't make pretty dang good beer. All right, so the Blue Moon is in our glasses. It's a Belgian wit beer, so you expect it to be fairly cloudy, light golden. The malts used are pale white walt and oats, and it's hopped with, a say, a blend of imported and domestic. They add Valencia orange peel and coriander. Nine IBUs, 5.4% alcohol, by the way. White walt. You've been watching some Breaking Bad? Did I say white walt? You said white walt, yes. White wheat. <laughs> white wheat. All right, so yeah, it's a, it's a cloudy. It, it's more golden than white. You know, some of the beers we have tonight will probably be a little bit whiter. Uh, the head poured with uh, about a quarter inch, and it's dissipated down to just a lace coating the top now. The first thing that was coming off was kind of, not surprisingly, I guess, but it, it seemed kind of strong for me as a sort of bergamot. A little, uh, definitely that orange, uh, orange oil, the orange, mm-hmm. big orange zest, uh, and... I'm still getting a lot of orange, but the big oiliness went away pretty quickly, volatilized pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right. The uh, it it smells more like you said bergamot it has that more meaty type feel mm-hmm. than you'd expect from just orange peel or something like that. So yeah, it definitely had this this big um, burst of of bergamot type aroma, touch of coriander in there as well, and and that's followed up by kind of a grassy weed aroma as you'd expect. Let's see. Let's hit this with the IR thermometer. Mm-hmm. This has been sitting out for a good 45 minutes. Yeah, at we're least. at 58 degrees. Okay. Which is actually a lot warmer than I would have expected it in this amount of time. But It's a can. I still think, although we haven't tested for sure, I still think cans... Uh, oh, NPR actually did a uh, thing a couple weeks ago about the, the BS of keeping beer colder or longer, right? Mm-hmm. It it's more conductive. Heat cold goes in better. It also comes out better. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, NPR also did a story 
Uh, I saw it on the Salt. I saw it on Twitter today. Uh, they did the whole Jim Cook taking dry or activated yeast uh-huh. and basically called bullshit on it, right? As you would expect. Um, they did uh, they, three different tests on three different days where they drank yeah. the same two beers. And then one day they did it with nothing. One day they did it with yeast. And one day they did it with drinking 32 ounces of water. 16 for each, you know, 16 ounce, pint of beer for, pint of water for each mm-hmm. beer. And the only one that was different in their BACs over the next four hours was the one where they drank water. So. Well, to do that test accurately, you need to have yeast, a yeast substitute that tastes and feels like yeast, mm-hmm. but isn't yeast. Well, they were more so looking at the active properties of the right. yeast, not the placebo effect and things like that. And you have to measure alcoholism not based purely on a number. I mean, that one, but uh, a certain number of tasks that you can see because sometimes people are better mm-hmm. at handling themselves in a higher percentage than others. Yeah. So you want to test them on various tasks. Yeah. In, if you want to be super scientifically rigorous about it. But I agree that the the idea doesn't pass the snuff test. That's not to say it's not true, but I will just say to it, you know, I consider the placebo effect to be a large portion of what Jim's talking about. And I have been around and talked to Jim while he was certifiably drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Hush your mouth. Not saying it's a bad thing. Maybe he wasn't taking yeast that day. Maybe not. All right. So back to the blue moon. It's 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 nice. It has a a deeper kind of orange flavor. It's not it's not bright. It's not like mm-hmm. bursting with fresh orange. It's a it's pretty sweet the beer. It's it it's kind, kind of, of a... sweet, but I like. I'm getting strangely enough, sort of some tea to not so strange because mm-hmm. I mean Earl Grey and Bergamot. Right. I'm getting some sort of tea tones in it, and I'm tasting uh, something that that is a little bitter on that line and it actually is, is giving mm-hmm. it some depth there is definitely some sweetness to it though but the the wheat malt is giving it a lot of a lot of highs on that sweet area yeah it's not cloying or anything but it, just for the style for many whip beers you'd expect mm-hmm. this one this this is you know coming across a lot sweeter than i would have expected and it, it's not bad it's just yeah definitely leading down the sweet side Yeah, I'm focusing on the orange for some reason, but mm-hmm. you're right. There is a lot of sweetness there that's more than your typical. But, you know, as the first beer of the night, it's coming across well. We'll mm-hmm. see how it handles up against the other ones, but... Well, we've had it, remember, a long time ago, we had this on the show. We expected it to flop and, like, came in first or whatever, right? It was... Hoogarden. Hoogarden well, always comes in first when well, we do this. We're not might, doing it, it, it might not have competed against Hoogarden, yeah. but, I, you know, we were pleasantly surprised at how good it was, and I always try to remember, and, you know, I have a much less bias against the, the big mainstream beers now than I did, you know, oh, a long yeah. time ago. Those guys can make beer. Can they sell it? That's the question. Little guys can sell good beer. Big guys, they really can't. Not to not on a large enough scale that it makes sense for them to make right. it. All right. So next, we're going to move on to this beer from Weyerbacher. This is the White Sun Wit. All right. So this is from our friends over at Weyerbacher. They sent us this. This is four point six percent alcohol by volume. It is their spring and early summer ale. Spices are coriander, orange peel, grains of paradise, and star anise. 
Interesting collection. I had no idea it had those spices, or, you know, the extra spices in it. I had this beer back during Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week uh, on draft, and uh, thoroughly impressed, so I'm hoping this bottle is a similar experience. Put some of that all ties away. Yeah, the yeah. First, first sniff was just really big coriander, mm-hmm. and maybe some of those other spices, but it was like... Super saturated, right? It yeah, was, you, you, know, you need to sometimes give this a little bit of air. Yeah, it was pun- These the first sniff was very pungent. It doesn't need to breathe as much as wine. I mean, it has its own agitation method inside of it, but right out of the bottle, maybe needs to breathe a couple seconds or so. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, we're also, think of how we're serving this beer, right? We're serving a half pint in a 12-ounce or 15-ounce snifter, right? Yeah. So there's a big bowl really collecting the aroma. Absolutely. So it's really going to concentrate that coriander. So we're just trying to get some of that overpotency out of the glass right now because, like, the sniff, the second sniff I took, it really almost had this smell of, um, like, the, the coriander seed, you know, like the shell part of it. Like, mm. when you're, like, cooking with it and, it like, it gets wet or something like that, it was kind of reminding me of that smell. Well, I, I guess there are a lot of oils in that, so once yeah. it gets hot, yeah. that would... Yeah, the, no, we'll to me that it's a different aroma, a different experience for me than than coriander in beer, right? Mm. Especially when you got the whole the whole seeds, it seems different than the, the ground powder and stuff like that. Yeah, so definitely, uh, this definitely had this kind of seedy type of characteristic. Well, powders lose their potency real quick, so that's why you should always buy mm-hmm. whole spices and get a ten dollar right. spice grinder. So. Even though we talked about how the coriander was big and muted considerably, it's still there. It's, it's still pretty strong on right. the nose. I think I'm detecting a little bit of that orange peel, but... Is it orange peel in this one? It's orange peel. Okay. But it's distant. I don't know whether I'm making things up or not. Okay. I'm getting kind of a lemony aroma on this. You know, probably from a combination of the wheat, the whipbeer yeast, things like that. But it's kind of this lemony... Uh, let me see if you... What temperature is this one at? We temperature. We should do a temperature scan on all of them. Sixty degrees already. Warming up fast tonight. Which is weird because it's not the warmest night. Mm-hmm. It's actually in the sixties, high sixties. Now, for me, the the beer doesn't taste too warm. It feels like a good temperature. To really, you really taste it. Maybe maybe take a couple degrees off it, but I wouldn't want it below fifty five. Maybe on fifty eight would be ideal. That's really different. These are two, even though they're the same style, they're two really different interpretations of the style. Mm-hmm. This is much more accent on the spices. It's a and, drier. Yeah, it's, it's considerably drier. It's not nearly as sweet. And so, and and really, I think there's a lot of accent on on the ingredients that go into it. Whereas the other one had the, the Blue Moon, I think was they put a lot of effort into making that wheat and stuff come through and. And give mm-hmm. you that sort of sweet, right. larger, chewier mouthful, mouthfeel. Yeah. yeah. This one has uh, the spices, uh, a big, the lemon flavor is even more prevalent in the flavor for mm-hmm. me than it was in the aroma. Kind of a lemongrass, lemony, almost, you know, we've been, t- we talked last week about Shandies and Rattlers, and there's <laughs> almost this characteristic that it's a little 
N- not not straight up, but it, it's reminiscent of of Radler. Well, I mean, anytime you get a fruitiness, yeah. it should be reminiscent of fruit yeah. juice. That... Yeah, yeah. By the way, White Sun Wit was formerly known as Blanche. Mm-hmm. Recipe was absolutely identical. There simply was a name change. Let's see what else. Can we mm-hmm. Try to pull something else. We don't have too much dead air on the radio. I'm. I, I see where you're getting lemon from, but to me, it's coming across more tangerineish. So it's like it, I'm getting the orange and I'm getting this sort of mixture of orange and lemon. It doesn't quite. It doesn't feel like white lemon, mm-hmm. but I see where you're. Okay. Where that accent is coming, it doesn't really like feel like quite orange either. Somewhere in between, tangerine is close. I can come to that. Trying to pick out the other spices, you mentioned grains of paradise mm-hmm. and star anise, and it's definitely not the kind of grains of paradise flavor you get out of Sam Adams Summer Ale. Right, right? it's not nearly that potent. It's just this right. little. It must be just a little highlight or something because I'm really not really picking out as a distinct flavor. I think if you really search for it, you can start to find it, but it doesn't have that kind of... The, the same Adams when they use the Grain of Paradise, they use it a lot, and you get that pepperiness, you get mm-hmm. that, that bite from it. It's right. not here. Some of the fruitiness may be coming through. Some of that, I can see that being caused by other flavors in the beer and it just mm-hmm. being muted completely. Right. So, I don't know. It, does, it doesn't hit you. Right. Right. Star Anise... Uh, kind of licorice Don't really taste it. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, we're trying to find things to say. Yeah. I, I do see that this beer is leaving my glass quite quickly. It's, so, it's so quite drinkable it's for me. It's definitely a very good drinker. It, it's also, I mean, 4.6, it's a good alcohol oh yeah i mean for yeah 4.6 there's tons of flavor here you could if you're looking for a good wit beer Absolutely. i mean a lot of a lot of wit beers are going to be a lower in alcohol but i mean this one this you know, brings the flavor and um you know it doesn't bring the booze yeah and it it leaves you open i think that the blue moon wouldn't leave you as open as this one does to food um there's there's a weird thing about pairing beer with food because you pair beer with food I think when it's either super strong beer or super light beer in, in terms of if you, does it give you space mm-hmm. to do the food or does it totally fill your mouth and you want some food to counter it I think that those are really where beer fits in best this is one that gives you space to enjoy other food so it kind of fills in the area around it like I don't think the Blue Moon would go that well with food because I think it would just sort of interfere whereas something that has a larger um yeah, a big multi flavor might go well with a steak as long as you're complementing those flavors. I don't know what you would take with the Blue Moon that would complement quite what the Blue Moon has for it. But this is leaving some space open for things. Like I could see meats going well with this. A barbecue would go really well with this. Yeah, I mean, I. I so, I'm, I mean, like, I was thinking for the Blue Moon, I was thinking more like rotisserie chicken or something a little more fatty would go good with that. You know, you might be right. And then for this yeah. one, I would some, want something a little bit leaner or something like that. Like, uh, Yeah, so maybe the Blue Moon needs something gamey to, mm-hmm. to, to pull it apart a bit. Yeah. That's not to say that's, that, that's not good. The Blue Moon, to me, was almost like a meal in itself mm-hmm. as opposed right. to this. Almost, it feels, feels like it, it would... Even yeah. benefit even more from a complement of, of food and stuff like that. Yeah, this one has a little bit more um, delicateness to it. Yeah. And I think you could 
could find some neat um, pairings with some proteins on this one. I, I one's not coming to mind, but I got a couple yeah. of skirting. I got like some kind of like pork tenderloin or something skirting around the side of, with this thing. Um, I really want to try some unorthodox pairings because I find that they are often diff- better than you'd expect. One that, that that I love is actually IPA and blue cheese. Because you normally hear, oh, stouts and blue cheese. No, IPA and blue cheese is an amazing combination. I'd love to try this with something like chocolate or nuts. See if any of those uh, Mm -hmm. pull out some interesting flavors. Okay. You can do that. I'll do some pork pork (laughs) tenderloin on it. Yeah, you know you're getting good stuff. You don't know if you're getting something amazing. Yeah. Okay. That was the Weyerbacher White Sun. Let's move on to White Tie from Westbrook Brewing Company. Westbrook is uh, former home brewers and listeners of the show, now pro brewers. They sent us that Goza and the, the IPA we did on the show, but the Goza was the one that the really knocked our socks off. Wow. And they also sent us a Grazer, which we haven't gotten to yet, so... This is white tie. It is, let's see, they add fresh lemongrass, ginger root, dash of sriracha, ace hops. This is 5% alcohol by, uh, 60, yeah, 5% alcohol by volume, 16 IBUs. 5%, 5%. All right. Again, let's see. So they do that instead of they say instead of traditional coriander and orange peel, they use fresh lemongrass, ginger, and sriracha. But I was getting that kind of weird volatilization. Okay, so they're using ginger and hops instead of coriander, huh? And lemongrass. Oh, and lemongrass. Okay. Which is, I think, a good idea because that should come with the wheat very well. We often get that lemongrass-like flavor out of it, so this is just. If we're right, this should just magnify that. Right. This one poured with a much larger head than the other beers. It's a uh, cloudy golden color. The White Sun Wit was a pretty white beer, kind of on yeah. color of Fugard, maybe a little bit darker. Uh, this one is about the color of, of the... A little bit lighter than the Blue Moon. This one's a, a hazy gold. And there's actually some wispy... It was lighter than number two pencil in terms of its <laughs> the coloring on it. But I was actually saying there's like kind of like structure inside the beer, like uh, probably yeast kind of a little bit strung together, like in little clouds. Now, I'm curious about this. What is your what has been your experience with lemongrass? Because aside from Thai food, I don't know if I've done much experimentation with it. Beer? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I use it a lot, but maybe it's just because it's a go-to. I don't mm-hmm. have a intimate knowledge with lemongrass. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. Like you know, we we say these things a lot, but we don't actually have as much experience with them as we would like. They're sort of memories of mm-hmm. taste that we've it, had. It's 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 a it's a label for yeah. It's more it, for yeah. I mean, I'll but admit, we've had oranges and I'll, lemons a lot more than we've had. I'll, I'll admit it that yeah, lemongrass is more of a label for a specific flavor. Then I know exactly the nuance of lemongrass. Since we're doing the but I mean to give an idea, we we can pick out the difference between Thai basil and Italian basil Mm -hmm. because we know those. 
So I keep smelling this thing, and I'm trying to figure out what exactly I'm getting. Even knowing the ingredients, I'm not picking out. Are you anything. smell that? I'm not picking out anything specific. And, and oh, that's ginger all the way. See, I'm not smelling. I thought I would, but I'm not smelling crazy ginger. Let me see that's that's fresh ginger. Let me see your glass. Is what that is. So it's not pickled ginger, right? It's not super pungent and uh, super pungent and really just kind of you know off the wall. It's it's bright, but it's not as kind of just. Whoa! What the heck is that? Is like smelling a pickled ginger, but there is. But that's not I, to say I, prob- that- I probably just diluted the aroma on yours because yours was more crisp and, mm. than mine was. So I kind of did the whole blendy thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> he ruined my ginger experience. Actually, I'm getting some of it now. It's a. Uh... See, you're calling it fresh ginger. What I'm smelling right now in this glass is more of a the smell of like from candy ginger or something. Like yeah, that. that's what I'm smelling now too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my smell. <laughs> But I wasn't getting any ginger at all before. Yeah, no, that's true. No, no, it it, it smells more like candy ginger now, uh, which is probably what they meant to to, to pull, pull across. We got the stratification issue again. We had some tweets from Greg McGill. Yeah, the the kiwi. I'm sorry, the kiwi that was on the show a couple months ago, trying to figure out like trying to diagnose yeah. our process to see if there was a process thing. I'm wondering. If bottle stratification didn't happen a lot more often earlier on the show, we didn't recognize it because we weren't as in tune to each other to, to yeah. picking out what we know as well. So mm-hmm. we'd be talking different ways or something. Just never, never, just never realized. This could be something that's actually quite common. But it's just, it, it, you're not around people who've been tasting the same beer for nine years against each other to see that it actually happens. Yeah. And if you let it, and normally you peer a whole beer, if you let it sit, you don't analyze it to this level so it's the it's the torment of craft beer radio yeah there's something else i'm smelling in here let's see it's uh it's we're part- letting it sit i think we're yeah. giving, it, giving it some air getting it yeah it's, to come out a little bit more it came across kind of this is a tough one I'm going to try to walk in towards it, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh, None of these are spot on, right? But there's something that reminded me a little bit of farmhouse, barnyard, something like that. You know, barn, not barnyard, but barney. Um, but, not, but that's not it. It's not, it's not Britannomyces. It's not PDO. It's not really sour, but something reminded me, you know, this, this rustic pastoral type smell. I, I don't get that. I honestly don't. There's something that reminds me of um, tree bark, or maybe more specifically, like the woody part of a hedgerow. For some reason, that's what popped into my head. I, I don't know. That was a weird. You that was you've a weird been pull. around wood more than I have been. You work with wood. Mm-hmm. You you go camping. You do all that stuff. So. I'm going to defer to you when it comes to smells that are like trees and yeah. stuff like that. It's just not something that I have. A this lot one's of more like with. this one's more like yard work where you're you know pruning back the hedges and stuff like that. I've done yard so. work, <laughs> well, not not a long know. time ago, but 
Not, I mean, yeah. not since a long time ago, but yeah. I've done yard work. I'd yeah, be. but I mean, that's what it reminds me of, like, you know, cutting back the shrubs, you know, kind of like the woody part of a shrub or something like that. I think it's time to move on to yeah. the flavor. People are yelling, taste dumb beer. You dumb dumbers. Sriracha Ace. Always goes me for a loop when I taste those hops. They are <laughs> something else. So the first thing, and maybe because I swirled it too much, but it's kind of a aqueous beer, right? I mean, for my mine is kind of watery, aqueous. Maybe I swirled out too much carbonation trying to smell it. It's a little less. You know, for me, it actually taste mine. See if it's any different. I don't. I mean, normally when when yours I, has a little more fizz to it. Yeah, when I get aqueous, it's because it's a lack much. of it's a lack of zing from the fizz. So I, I always spend too much time on the aroma. It's worked up yeah. too much of the carbonation. <laughs> so I don't think you'd find it aqueous if you just had a can of this. Mm-hmm. So, kind of almost immediately, it jumps out with you with coriander. It's something like coriander. It's not coriander, which is weird. It's that ginger, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's punching at you in a different way. I think that you're used to coriander with wheat, so your mind goes to coriander right away. Then I think some of that lemongrass is coming in there, kind of jamming itself in there, giving it a little bit of lemon, but a lot of uh, real sugar cane without the sweet, right? Because that's sort of what lemongrass is. It, okay. it, it, it feels the same way. It's... You know, it, it's a sort of expressive wheat with a little bit of lemony character. These Soryashi Ace hops come in, and they give it like a little bit of spiciness. It all sort of jumping around, and it's it's sort of it's kind of just fizzing around on the top, going in slightly different areas, but just staying as kind of a little wavelet, just going boom, 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 giving you a little bit of like eh, a little spice here in one direction, a little spice in another mm-hmm. direction, and. Then it ends with a with a kind of bitter note, and uh, a little bit more of that ginger. Yeah, the sriracha is a. I'm trying to figure out, trying to figure that one out a little bit more, right? Because it it has this this note of uh, spicy continental hop, you yeah. Know, maybe a touch of Hallertau or something like that, but but then it pulls it away and goes. Where does it go? It goes. What is that I mean, for? the best, the, the way I can describe it is, of course, actually not to do, use something visual, but to use something auditory. Think about uh, somebody on a piano going, just fluttering away at some of the high keys, and that sort of just on top of your flavor. <laughs> just sort of a little flutter. Yeah, so the like the Hello type spice is playing in with the lemony type flavors, uh, a light citrus or something like that. And my beer's about gone. So. Mm-hmm. Very unique in terms of, of wet beer. Mm-hmm. It's, it really tastes like there's coriander in there. It really does. I think the ginger might be a bit too powerful. Okay. I think it's leading to a kind of bitter end to the beer that doesn't suit me as well as the rest of the beer is. I think it just kind of leaves me off on a slightly off note. 
I'm not tasting it that strong. By the end of the glass, I really wasn't noticing any noticing anything that was specifically ginger. What were you noticing? I was, like I said, it really kind of blended together. It gave me this coriander type feel. Um, it's probably a whole bunch of habit, right? Where you're used to tasting certain mm-hmm. flavors in certain beers, absolutely, and That's you're kind case, of yeah. just you're 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 pushing flavors you're actually tasting into flavors you expect type thing. I think is what because the beer was so familiar because of the style and whatnot that. So, before we get continue on, I do want to bring up the best ways you can support us. Oh, I tried. I really tried to to work with that. But jumped as it's sorry, everybody. Okay. So, if you want to support us, Amazon.com is not the way. It's craftyrary.com slash Amazon. That's it. Uh, it's easy to do. It doesn't cost you anything more. You start your shopping session by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It'll redirect you through to Amazon. Shop until your little heart's content. And you'll Donate give us... to Craft Beer Radio. You'll give us a percentage of your purchase. It costs you nothing more. And you know that, we know that And tune into the post show where we do Amazon Anonymous Where we pick fun things that you ordered We don't know who you, specifically We know the general you As in everybody Yes, Yes. the the royal you Exactly And if you do want to just directly donate to us We have PayPal links on our website, you can do that Sounds good Alright, so our next beer of the night And it'll be the last wit beer of the night Our closing beer is going to it's not really a beer at all, so it's a little bit of a curveball. But this is the Coronado Orange Avenue Wit. Sent to us by Coronado Brewing Company. They call it California Wit. So they use two-row wheat and cara as their cara pills. It's their malt. I don't know, cara. Just, is cara um, always cara pills? It could be cara munich. Cara munich could be. They just say cara. I don't know. They also add to it orange zest, orange blossom, honey, and coriander. They use Northern Brewer hops, and they have a California ale yeast. 5.2% alcohol by volume. This is 19 IBUs, and it's in a 22-ounce bomber. So we're going to get more beer than more beer than normal. we used to get. And it's this little screen bottle, so we can use the kinkajou on it. Awesome. Maybe you can make one for me. I still haven't sanded the three that I've made so far. Sanding's hard. Did we, talk, we talked about the kinkajou on air, we, right? We definitely talked about it on air. I don't know whether we talked about it in just a pre-show or the main show. All right, so maybe I'll recap really quickly then. Uh, we had someone on... We talked about bottle cutting. Trying to make glasses out of bottles and things like that. Because I had a whole bunch of bottles on the shelves here and whatnot. And... I, I messed around a little bit trying to make a jig to score the bottles myself, you know, with some wood and whatnot. And I didn't have much success. And then on Twitter, I'm sorry, I don't remember the person's name who started on Twitter, but he pointed us on to something that was a Kickstarter. That's a bottle cutter. It's called the Kinkachu, which is a South American mammal that has very sharp teeth, right? That's which really wouldn't from. help for cutting bottles, but I get the... I get the idea. Get the idea. And it's this little plastic thing. It has a clamp and rollers. And so you put it on the bottle. And you flip down the little score thing. It doesn't need to go into how how it works. You it rotate just, it around. It, it scores the bottle. You have to put it under water, then yeah. distress it and crack it. And then you have to spend 
half your life sanding <laughs> the top of the bottles until you get a nice smooth surface. Um, if you're into bottle cutting and scoring is a problem for you, the kink at you, it's not cheap. It's like 35 bucks, I think, mm-hmm. 40 bucks, something like that. But it does make a nice score line. It does, and then the separation with the stress works pretty well. Um, try it on, on some bottles you don't want practice, first. Practice with a bunch of junk bottles first. And, you know, practice with bombers because there's actually a lot more um, circumference on a bomber than there is on a 12-ounce bottle. Uh, I find it works best for me if I put the bottom of the kinkajou in a vise and turn the bottle with both hands on both sides of the kinkajou. You get less drift and the score kind of turns out better. Um, they have a lot of videos online on how to use it. He doesn't do it that way, but I find it's easiest for me to work that way. On to the Orange Avenue Wit. This is a part of their core beers available year-round. So you always be able to get this one. Oh, and the Kinkachu was paid for with Craft Beer Radio funds. It wasn't, a, it wasn't sent to us or anything like that. So thank you to everybody who donated, because we use those. And who knows, maybe uh, we'll, we'll send out one or two <laughs> bottles if you make enough of them. No. no. <laughs> They're too hard to sand down. <laughs> I'll send you cut unsanded ones if you really want. <laughs> um, I figured I figured that it was a good product review. You know, yeah. For, for oh, the show. yeah, totally. I, the one that you have, I mean, I think it started because I was I was admiring Jeff's one that he got from a listener. Mike sent us this. Yeah, Mike sent us this, which is a stone uh, 8th anniversary, 11th anniversary ale turned into a Turned into a cup, which is now used for chess pens, pens and stuff like that. I, it's a great way to be able to show off your bottles, but bring them in. Don't bring them anywhere because it's it's a cup. It's a glass cup that can be used for anything. Yeah, not great for drinking beer because you can't see the beer. But, right, but they're great for holding pencils and other souvenirs. Mm-hmm. All right, the Orange Avenue Wit. It, it's kind of quite different from the other three wit beers we've had so far tonight. The aroma really carries through the orange blossom honey aroma. It it has it smells wonderful, but it is a it's just way different because you smell it and you smell it smells like honey, it smells like orange blossoms. Yes, yeah, it, it smells almost sticky. It doesn't smell like mead. No, no, it smells like honey. Yeah. It smells really good. It does smell very, really good, really deep and inviting. The beer is uh, medium gold, almost orange, so it's definitely not white like a Hoogarden. I took a sip, kind of stretching his neck it's a little bit. really nice. It's really nice. It's got a really great mixture of sweetness and just a little bit of bite. That orange is coming through a lot. I think that honey is really helping to sort of fill in other areas that the other beers didn't have. It's interesting how much it tastes like honey, like blossom honey, orange blossom honey, and not like fermented honey. It really carries through the honey flavor. I can see why they call it a California wit because we haven't gone over the new BJCP stuff. Maybe we'll save that for for Saturday's show or something. But it feels like it's a little off from the guidelines. It's straying a little far. Now, it's not to say that it's 
that it, you couldn't pull in, but it feels like is straying into an area of questionable ability, whether it's of a whipperiness. Yeah, of whipperiness, whether you, know, you might want to call it something else. I think you're right. I think if you were judging... You might pull this into a fruit spice beer. You might... If, if you were judging this on homebrew, yeah. right, and you're doing a whip beer lineup and this beer comes through... It's one of those beers where you might say it's very good, but miscategorized, right? Because how do you really, you know, I don't have the, the This could maybe American wheat, I think we'd, you could pull we'd have, in. Yeah, we'd have to pull up the whipped beer characteristics yeah. and kind of say yes, no, maybe, right? I don't have those in front of me. But just from an overall impression, it doesn't feel like a Belgian wheat beer, right? Yeah. And yeah, so like judging it wise, but we're not category judges right no so, no i just i want to make that clear that if you're looking for a plain you're looking for a wit beer that that fits the characteristics the other three previous are much more in that line right. this one is straying a little bit off the reservation which is fine it's a delicious beer i really enjoy it yeah it gets better like mm-hmm. first couple sips i was tasting you're calibrating yourself to i it. was calibrating myself the the honey had a little bit of on my on my palate on my tongue because I was calibrating. It tastes a little bit um, chalky or tannic or something like that. But now I'm three sips in and it it just it just fits like a glove. It feels mm-hmm. a lot more feels a lot more um, combined and complete right now. To give you an idea, I'm really starting to get worried for this kombucha. And the reason is, this feels almost like a beer drinker's version of soda or pop, whatever you call, want to call it. Mm-hmm. In a sense that we get enough bitterness that it's not super sweet and overwhelming, but we get all that fullness and, and deepness of flavor that you expect and the, kind of, and the satisfying bit and the bit that makes you want to drink more. Mm-hmm. It's all coming through here. The kombucha, I am, I'm afraid, I don't know, but I'm afraid it's going to taste almost shatteringly sweet against this. We'll see. We'll see. It's closing out the show. Mm-hmm. But this is extremely enjoyable. This kind of just it hits the spot. So, along with the honey flavor. Orange, a little bit of orange cream, mm-hmm. maybe. There is... There is some creamsicle, yeah. orange creamsicle yeah. type flavors in there. Also, maybe this is just the honey talking, but I taste a little kind of clover-like thing, but maybe it's because I'm used to clover honey mm-hmm. being the most common, or among the most common. But Cheap. you know, I don't taste buckwheat. Slash cheapest. Yes. It, um, Something that could be coming from the Northern Brewer hops, too. It's hard to say. Coriander is used really well here. Mm-hmm. It's there, so you can taste it, but it's an accent, and that's all it is. It's not asserting itself strongly, or the honey and whatever is asserting itself much more strongly than the coriander, and so the coriander fades. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting beer. figure out what else to say about it i mean it's i'm trying to explore the malts a little bit it just uh 
it's it's we're we are enjoying it almost too much to talk about it. We're just yeah. drinking it and we're just sitting back on yeah. It, it's hitting the spot in a way that the other beers, as good as they are, haven't. It's 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 stroking us in in just the right way. <laughs> I don't mean that in a dirty way. That was not my intention, but I can see where you could get that idea. <laughs> I didn't think you were wrong for saying it. I'm just saying that's an interesting uh, description. It's just really good and really satisfying. It tickles all those mm-hmm. little bits that we like to be tickled on. So I'm really, really happy with this beer. Good thing we don't have to judge it as a whip beer. Mm. Yes, good thing. All right, the last beer of the night is a local... Well, last beverage of the night is a <laughs> local beverage. Um, this beverage for a little bit. Greg picked it up at Whole Foods a while back. This is uh, from Red Star Kombucha, and this is their 1877. So uh, their normal kombucha is just a green tea that is uh, that has their... Uh, mother, whatever in it. Mm-hmm. The, the there you got the glob. I got the glob, and it's fermented and then it's uh, carbonated, and they put a lot of sugar. It's, it's basically a soda that's slightly fermented. It's it's only like one, this one's at one percent yeah. ABV. Yeah, and they actually started selling the stuff before they had a liquor license. And, <laughs> We did an interview last year yeah. uh, during Craft Beer Week on the Beer Barge. Uh, you'll be able to find that interview. Yeah, look, there's a little cute little blob floating in my beer. <laughs> Their website is in Glob We Trust. They like to point out because I think it's mm-hmm. I think that that's a great idea because people might be put off by the glob, but if you readily announce you have it there and you make it in, into a selling point, then people are actually going to appreciate it. I think it's a really cl- really great way to get people to take something they normally would be. Ugh. And make it into something that they... It's remember always that, endearing. Remember that time we had the Founder's Breakfast out? Yeah. And the glob plopped out of the bottle? <laughs> I do. That was unexpected. So 1877 uh, is their robust black tea and refreshing lemon. Refreshing lemon is a marketing speak. Uh, so they say it's a classic flavor combination. It commemorates the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. When workers in Pittsburgh and other cities showed... Uh, they organized to challenge uh, the labor people, and it's gluten free. So there you go. They actually have you know some of the regulation on their thing, right? They actually they call it tea beer, even though it's one percent ABV. To call it a beer is pushing the limits of life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Red Star is the brand. The brewery is actually Pig Hill Brewery LLC. Pig Hill is a local term for Troy Hill. No, that makes sense. I mean, Sam Adams is, is the brand, but yep. Boston Beer is the yep. brewery. All right. So the aroma Can is... Can I smell uh, yours for a second? Yeah, sure. Aroma is pretty potent. You get... Uh, let me smell Greg's here. How do I always That's get a, that? What's that? Something kind of plasticky in mine. Hmm. I didn't smell it. Let me smell yours again. Yeah, I know how to solve this. 
We just pour the beer into one glass and we just share the glass. Yeah, well, we talked about that last time. I'm surprised we didn't think to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean we just share the glass. Oh, we share the glass. <laughs> <laughs> too, too big straws. Let's do it that way. <laughs> we can have a bowl of spaghetti and we can just stick yeah. on the same noodle and meet in the middle. Okay, looking past is we- Oh, okay, that's why. That's why. What? There was it was a lot of oil. Okay. It was coming across as as vaguely plasticky until it volatilized. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a huge. This kind of fits in with the wit beer type theme, right? Because mm-hmm. we're getting the lemon, the oils, the the peat. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, like this that. is this is like this is basically a bergamot. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's kind of almost an Earl Grey that's then fermented. This is a fortunate pick, right? Because yeah. we didn't know what we were doing. And this really, we've not done a show in the past five years where this would fit better. Yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the aroma. Let's just say it. All right. So take a <laughs> sip. And it's kind of lemon soda-like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little bit of bitterness there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it definitely has that that tea. Well, the, the kombucha quality. mother drops the pH, right? So it's a little more acidic, right? So mm-hmm. you're getting a little bit of club soda, you know, character yes. carbonation. I mean, but it, in addition to the carbonation, you're getting a little, or maybe a touch of something that's like a mild drinking vinegar or something. But like it's that. exactly what I was afraid of. Really? Not that it's, it's bad, sweet. but that it is. Significantly sweeter than anything else we've tasted before. It is strongly sweet, and really, yes, absolutely. And uh, it's hitting. It's also sweet in that really uh, processed sugar way. So it's not. I'm not. Let me taste yours. All right. I'm not feeling the same thing here. If you want to drink from the glob, Mm -hmm. I love the glob. I trust the glob. Yeah, no, it tastes the same to me. I, I'm not. Yeah, it tastes the same to me. I'm not feeling soda or ginger ale like type no. sweetness. I'm feeling. Something well, no, like... I'm not saying it's it's a Coca Cola, but I'm okay. saying it's 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 really sweet compared to these. Even, even argue, compared to the Blue Moon, I would argue that it's it's drier than the Blue Moon. I would not agree with you. You want to fight about it? Yes, I do. Uh, Fist of cuffsmanship. So. I mean, it. I, the nice thing is that tea dries out that sweet, that mm-hmm. sweet element, so it it prevents it from being overbearing in the sweetness. It's one of the things I like about kombucha. They, you get something else with it. It's not just plain old sweet, and then whatever, whatever kind of oils they throw in there and sodas, mm-hmm. like mostly nutmeg and other stuff, and like colas. It's. Hard to classify with the other beers. It's hard to put in that category, simply because it feels more like a carbonated sugared tea than it does a beer. It doesn't surprise me that it does that because that's what it is. I I think it's reasonable in the category. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's a whip beer. I'm just saying I think it's reasonable. I. You know, I've been drinking a fair amount of, of apple cider vinegar and soda water, you know, so these are flavors. 
like together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like take soda water, mm-hmm. mix in two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, put it on ice. It's it's kind of like a. Hmm. I can see that it's sort of like a refreshing thing that so you don't have to drink soda. It, it's like that refreshing. It's, it's you know it's like drinking um, like the drinking vinegars, right? Um, actually, I don't. I just emptied the bottle last night, or I'd make you one for the post show. Uh, but it's it it kind of has this acidic character. It reminds it's almost like drinking a Flanders or something like that, mm. you know. So you get a little bit of that sour beer type uh, satisfaction, and you don't have any alcohol or and sugar. Then, then there's that whole well, there's that whole maybe it helps your acid re- vinegar a little bit of a sugar. But there's that whole maybe it helps your acid reflux thing. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? I like the flavor anyway, you know. <laughs> so, but like last night, I was um, I was working on. Um, I was actually doing some sewing to work for some camping stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's okay, I, it's, I, I, I don't. it's 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 2014. Yeah. You're not less of a man for sewing. Wow, well, I know, but uh, I didn't really feel like getting a beer. I'm like, hey, I got some soda water. Let's make up a little cider vinegar drink. And uh, so maybe because I've been drinking that, I'm more in tune with this. Uh, it's hard to say. Maybe this is not. Something I'm I'm used to. I don't drink a lot of soda anymore. When I do, I always go for like the zeros and stuff like that. I always go for the diet stuff. Mostly because I just hate high fructose corn syrup. I will. I actively avoid high fructose corn syrup whenever I can. So this this being. I don't think this has corn syrup, but I do think it has sugar in it. Yeah, it has sucrose. And that is, it's a little off-putting for me because it's not something I have very often. Yeah, it has uh, organic cane sugar is the number two ingredient. So So organic cane sugar is not nearly as processed. It's not like white refined sugar. It's not that kind of thing. Right. But it feels really strongly sweet to me. And oh, you just spilled a bit of the glob on your shirt. I was trying to just drink half of it so you could have some. <laughs> Give me a tissue. I don't. I don't want it now. <laughs> it's like a booger. <laughs> the blob was really quite flavorless. Really, it didn't have much much going on. Not like other phlegmy things that you might encounter. Interesting. <laughs> you associate it with. <laughs> I guess the texture wise, but yeah, that's why people mm-hmm. like I said why people shouldn't be afraid of it. Right. It's just. It's just. Something that's there. It's actually there in almost any fermented thing you eat. Mm-hmm. It's just more spread out. Right. I think it's time to rank us. I some think beers so too. So and um, maybe a kombucha. Yes. Well, I mean, the kombucha is going to be in the rank. It's just a question of where, Jeff. We said earlier it was hard to rank. So yes, we did say it was hard to rank. That doesn't mean I won't be able to rank it. Hard to rank is our middle name. Craft beer, hard to rank radio. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He is arranging his beer stuffs and bottles and cans in descending formation. (laughs) All right. I am not surprised at what is number one. Yeah, yeah, it was really just... A little surprise at number five, to be honest, but that's... It was really just so good. The um, the Coronado Brewing Orange Avenue Wit is the best of the night. Not too style for a wit beer. 
But mm-hmm. man, the way they made use of the honey and the orange blossom or the the orange peel and stuff like that, it was really interesting. It's, it's kind of a flavor combination that I've not had before. Yeah, you know, it. I I didn't think something like that was possible in beer, where it tasted like fresh honey had really carried through all those great uh, volatile aromas and everything like that. Number two and three is a tough one for me. I wasn't sure where to put what, and I was pressured by time. So what I ended up settling on rather quickly was Weyerbacher would be number two. I, I liked how that one was dry, and it was quite a drinker, low alcohol, and um, you know s- some good spicy flavors in there. Uh, right behind that is the, the Westbrook uh, White Tie. It was it was um, also very good. It was harder for us to put words to to describe. I had a really hard time talking about this beer, but that doesn't mean I didn't like drinking the beer. Um, but you know, I think I had a slight preference for the Weyerbacher. Mm-hmm. Then in number four, I'm going to put this kombucha. Uh, I don't think it came across like soda pop. I don't think it was too sweet. I liked the acidity. I liked the lemony, the teeness. It, it, I think it fit in this show. Like the I what? said, it fit in this show rather no, well. No, the penis? The tea-ness. <laughs> Tea-like flavors. Um, and then the blue moon. The main reason I stuck the blue moon all the way down there was that sweetness. I was not expecting it to be so sweet. And that really was the, the that was really the main reason, the main single reason. Did you notice sweet. when you were drinking this? What it says right here? The Brewmaster's can? This is the Brewmaster's can that you're having. I actually, I looked into what the Brewmaster's can means. <laughs> and, uh, what was it? I think the slope's greater here, and it's polymer line, blah, 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 blah. It looks exactly the same as the Westbrook. <laughs> like, well, you know. Exactly the same. It does. But whatever. Anyway. I th- I, the 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 sweetness of that one, how sweet mm-hmm. it tasted, how um, sugary, or I would say this one tasted more like a soda pop than the kombucha did. But, You're allowed to have your opinion, yeah. wrong as it may be. I am with Jeff in my number one. I think anybody who had these five beers would agree the Coronado was easily the best of the beers. Was it the best of the wit beers? I don't know if I would even be able to qualify as a wit beer, but it was really the most satisfying thing we had tonight. It deserves to be number one. That's a fantastic beer. My number two is just like Jeff. I'm going to go with the Weyerbacher. I really enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed what they were doing with it. The Weyerbacher was the one that had um, that big orange stuff to it, right? It was. It had that big uh, bergamot, the big peel stuff coming right, right out of yeah. it. Yeah. And... Uh, the grains of paradise were just kind of like floating in the background, but they were there, and um, I, I liked it a lot. Number three for me is going to be the Blue Moon. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a little sweeter than you're used to, but I also really liked the the, the deeper orange flavor that was there. If you really concentrate on it, that was that was pretty significant and really interesting. My Westbrook is number four for me, just because I really didn't like the way it ended. I felt like it had this kind of overly bitter ending that I wasn't used to, and I wasn't wasn't quite fitting me like the mo- most of the whip beers did. 
And my fifth is the Red Star Kombucha, which is, again, it could be simply because I'm just not used to drinking sweet things. And that was, to me, a sweetness that, that I haven't had a lot of very often. So it struck me a different way than the other things. That being said, I enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, I still have a little bit left, but I'm not going to throw it out or anything. I'm going to drink it. Um, I thought it was it was very good, but this is a bunch of very good beers. And uh, that's what I believe the ranking should be. And so when I say it, you know it. That's the way it is. Oh. Oh. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you would like to contact us, Twitter is the best way to do it. You can hit me up at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. We are also not on Facebook or Google Plus so much. Uh, thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to all the brewers who sent us the beers Thank as you well. for the beers. And we hope you tune in again next week and uh, listen to some awesome metal riffing Zelda music. Well, I don't think you're going to get that next week. Maybe it'll be Mario. You never know. Maybe the Contra music. That'd be even cooler. <laughs> <laughs>